Hello, my comfy, cozy, witchy friends, and welcome to episode number 40 of the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I cannot believe we are at episode 40. I I still can't believe I'm in season three that I've been doing this podcast now for almost three years. And I thank you all for being with me, those of you who were with me from the very beginning, and those of you who have joined in on the podcast, even within the last couple of days. I know I was, I've been receiving a lot of messages from new listeners, and I really appreciate that. So thank you. Today, I'm going to be discussing a topic I feel that is long overdue that many people have been asking about, messaging me about. So today, I will be talking about our, excuse me our spirit guides. So that'll come up in the main segment, but I just want to do a few shout outs before I go into that and some shout outs to my mugwort level Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for your support to Alex, to Allison, Alyssa, Amanda J, Amanda V, to Anna, to Annabelle, to Anya, to Ari, to Ashlyn, to Audioboy, to Beth and Brittany, to Carrie Ann, Safira, to Chris and Crystal, to Corporate Goth, to Dara Lynn and Doris and Elizabeth and Emma, Felice, thank you, Georgia and Heather and Hope and Jane and Jenna. Thank you, Jessica and Joanne. A thank you to Joy and Judy and Justine, to Katie, to Katya, to Courtney, and to Kristen, Larissa, Lichen, to Lindsay, Louise, Lydia, Mariah, Marissa, to Mara and Megan and Michelle D and Miranda and Mirandia. And thank you to Missy. Also, a big thank you to Morgan, Morwena, to Muriel, to Naomi, and Ophelia. What a fun, beautiful name. To Rachel and Rusty, Samantha J, Samantha S, to Sarah L, to Sarah the Science Dork, to Sharon T, to Stacy, to Stella and Stephanie, to Stir Fry Knee, <coughs> excuse me, to Tammy and Tara and Tila, to the Bunny Witch, <coughs> to Victoria and Abigail, to so many of you, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for all of your support. If you are interested in Patreon, please go to my page. It's patreon.com slash witch to get some bonus content and goodies throughout the months. So thank you. Okay, my comfy, cozy, witchy friends, I need something from you. I want your stories of how you are feeling the veil thin this year. For whatever reason, the veil has felt extremely thin more than usual this year. Maybe it's just me. Maybe you felt it as well. But I would love to hear any of your stories. That's right. I'm asking for ghost stories um, to share on my next episode, which will release just before Samhain. So if you have any stories about the veil thinning, what you've experienced this year or maybe years past that you are willing to share, please email me those stories at comfycozywitch at gmail.com. Please send to, again, that's comfycozywitch at gmail.com. And I will read through your stories and share a couple of them in my next episode. I do want to say, please bear with me today. My allergies have not been the best of late, and I really don't want to push off recording the podcast episode. So you know how I am. I record this podcast. I don't edit. Um, It's very in the moment, authentic, what is happening in my life. And so I apologize if I have to stop for a second and drink some water or clear my throat. Um, Please excuse me for that. So I'm really excited to talk to you about what is currently making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. And this is something that that actually occurred last week, but I'm still thinking about it. So it still is making me feel those ways. Last week, I met up with a new friend, someone I actually met through Instagram who happens to live, you know, within driving driving distance from me. And we had been chatting for a while now, you know, back and forth and messages. 
And whenever I talked about um, Columcile Park, Megalith Park, she had mentioned she had never been there and wanted to go. Maybe we could meet up. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I would love to meet up with another uh, pagan friend. And so we had decided to meet up there. But unfortunately, the day that we planned, which was last Monday, it rained and it was very chilly and damp and cold. It just would not have been a great day to explore that sacred site. So instead, we met up in this little town in Northeast Pennsylvania called Jim Thorpe. And if you have not been to Jim Thorpe or heard of Jim Thorpe, uh, just give it a quick search. I think it may have been voted years ago one of the quaintest or cutest small towns in America or best small town in America. I mean, it's funny because where I used to live, I lived really close to a town called Lidditz, which also was voted best small town in America one year, full of just quaint, charming little towns. So I want to talk about Jim Thorpe and what we did there and how it made me feel so comfy, cozy, and witchy. So we arrived at Jim Thorpe, and this it's not too far of a drive for me. And my new friend, Jenna, it wasn't too far of a drive for her. And I first have to say, when you are driving into Jim Thorpe, this is in the Poconos. So you are in the mountains of northeastern Pennsylvania. And when you make a bend, this one turn before you come into, into town, you're up on the mountain and you are overlooking the valley and right now, the trees are starting to turn. The leaves have their autumnal hues. And so when you're making that curve coming into Jim Thorpe, it is just a bouquet of color and changing seasons. And it is absolutely breathtaking. From what I understand, they have a train ride that you can take through the foliage, through the mountains. I have yet to do that. But I want to make a trip back with my family and do so because I think that would be just so magnificent and beautiful. So anyway, this is a charming little town. You have the old stone and brick buildings that line the main drag, and they have a whole bunch of quaint little shops, a couple of witchy shops, more witchy shops than you would imagine in this little town. And the place where we met is a Harry Potter themed coffee shop called Muggles Mug, the Muggles Mug. And so as soon as you walk in, you see um, paraphernalia from the Harry Potter movies. You have the throws and the blankets and the um, pillows in all of the different houses. And, you know, there has been a lot of controversy as of late with J.K. Rowling that I've had to reconcile my reading of her books with and that has made me really second-guessed giving her any more money than she already is making. Um, but, you know, going into this, going into this store it, or into this shop, that is the theme. She is not benefiting or profiting from anything that they're doing in there. But it, it's just a quaint, perfect shop, little coffee shop for witches to meet. So I met my new friend Jenna for the very first time. We had a great time. We had quiche and coffee and just got to know each other and talked about all sorts of things. We talked about our practices and crafting in general and of um, being on the school board and I mean, all sorts of good things. So we really enjoyed our time there. And she was so sweet to have made me, she sews and she made me this beautiful cushion, meditation cushion, because she knows that in the wintertime, I like to sit on the floor with my altar. And so it is absolutely beautiful and just screams me. So, you know, I thank Jenna. Jenna, if you're listening, which I think you might be listening, I appreciate you so much more than you even know. And our new friendship, I appreciate. So we went there and then we decided to walk around town a little bit. We both have children that we had to pick up from school. So we knew our time was limited. So we had to pick and choose, you know, the shops that we went in. We went in, I, and I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember the names of the shops except for um, two of them. But the first shop, I can't remember the name of, but they, you walked in and right away you said hello and you were greeted by this young witch, a, a young woman who, I, she's probably 23 years old or so, is a witch and the owner was a witch and they had curated items from creators all around the area 
in the shop. They had soaps and um, oh, stained stained glass, homemade stained glass. And my friend ended up getting a stained glass piece for her uh, tea. Um, what else did they have? Just all sorts of goodies. So that shop was very quaint, very cute. And we moved, you know, moved along and, <clears throat> excuse me, and we're chatting as we go. And we go into this next shop. It's called Habitual, I believe, Habitual, not Ritual, Habitual. And this shop also has some witchy related goods. And what I really love about this shop, and I had been there one time before, is that in the back they have a tea room. And I was able to get lavender and not honey bush, which you know is my favorite, but they did have red rooibos tea. So I was able to get some tea there the last time. Um, so we went in there and we're walking all around and we're talking about the products. We're not talking about anything witchy at all, not talking about the podcast or anything related to the Comfy Cozy Witch, okay? And you'll see where I'm going with this. So we're walking around, went in the tea room, you know, looked at some of the teas and they have samples you could smell, smelled some of the samples, yada, yada, yada. And we're walking out, we didn't end up purchasing anything. And we're walking out of the store and it is in an old building. So it's it's a home, an old home. So there is an entryway. So we're leaving through the entryway and the room then to your right is where they have the main shop and that's where the employees have the checkout counter in the back of the main shop. So you cannot see the front door from the desk where you would check out. You can't see that area. So, you know, I open the front door and I yell because there was only one other person in there, the woman, the young lady who works there. And I yell, thank you. Have a great day. And as I go to shut the door, I hear this, this woman call, um, wait, she says, wait. And I was like, oh, okay. And I poked my head back in to the shop so I could see her. And she said, are, are you Jenny Blonde? And it totally took me off guard. And I said, yes, I am. And she said, I knew I recognized your voice. I listened to the podcast. So this was my first encounter in the wild where I am just out and about and somebody recognized my voice from the podcast. And it was a very surreal moment. I looked at Jenna like, what the heck just happened? And what is happening? So to make a long story short, I got to chatting with this employee and, you know, she's listened to the podcast for a long time, uh, especially at work. So if my, if my voice was fresh in her ear from the podcast, that made sense why, how she recognized me, her boss or another employee also listens to the podcast. Um, and so I just mentioned about, oh, it would be fun to maybe do an event here since, you know, you all are so supportive of the podcast and you know who I am. It would, maybe it would be fun. I could do a book event or a book signing. So hopefully there will be something in the works. I haven't, I gave her my number and info, but I haven't heard from them yet. So if, if she's listening, <laughs> maybe she can nudge um, her boss, nudge the owner to get in contact with me. But it was just a very surreal moment and it just made me laugh. I will say at my book signing, and again, thank you all who came out to my book signing. It was a wonderful event. Um, the local Barnes & Noble had me tucked back in the corner away. Like I wasn't in the main entrance. There was another author there um, who was in the store right when you walked in. They had my little table, and when I say little, it was two teeny tiny little tables set up near the witchy metaphysical section on the other side of the cafe. So I was in the back and many people said they couldn't find me, but they heard my laugh or heard my voice, which led them to me. And that just made me laugh. And again, it feels so, it's just so crazy when you're out in public and people can recognize you by by your voice. By no means would I consider myself a celebrity, but there was that moment of, oh my gosh, I know what people kind of feel like. It's very jarring. It takes you off guard um, for that to happen. So anyway, we we went back to my back to my original story in Jim Thorpe. So we we left that shop and that girl, she said that it made her week to meet me. And she said she knew she was going to meet me. She told her boss or her colleague, I can't remember if it was her boss or colleague, that she knew I was local because my book signing was within, you know, an hour's drive. And she had a feeling that she was going to meet me. And then I walked in the store 
And, you know, that was just so magical. And I loved that. So after we left that shop, we made one more stop. And this was the shop that I really wanted to go to. And it is called the Emporium. And this is a shop filled with witchy, metaphysical, pagan books, decks, knickknacks, altar tools, items. Um, I love visiting the shop. Every time I have gone to Jim Thorpe, I will purchase something from the shop because just the owners are so kind. They have, they have so many, they have such a variety of items and they're not a store that is going to rip you off. You know, they aren't, they don't overcharge for things. I've been in shops where, you know, you're, you're just taken advantage of because if it's the only witchy shop around, you know, people know that they can, that you're going to spend a lot of money. Um, but they're very reasonably priced. And I believe the owners themselves are practitioners. I know when you go to check out, there's a picture of one of the owners with Lori Cabot, you know, all smiles, probably taken in Salem, I would assume. And that just always makes me smile. And so I, what did I get from there? I, oh, I got my autumn green man plaque. So on my altar for, for the winter season and for summer, I have the green man plaques, but I, I'm missing spring and autumn and they had the autumn one there. So I picked that up. They did have the spring as well. However, I just wasn't in a place financially to buy it while I was there. So I did get that plaque. Um, and I think a couple of, oh yeah, a little, a couple little, uh, charms that they had. And by charms, I mean little, little lucky charms that you can hold in your palm that were in the shape of animals and different critters. I got a little gnome and I got a couple of acorns for the season. So it was just a lovely trip to Jim Thorpe. If ever you are in the area, you know, you can swing by for a couple of hours, swing by for the day, check out the foliage in the fall. It is absolutely beautiful as you're driving into the town. Um, Check out some of those shops. It really is a charming place. And that is what currently, well, I guess last week, and I'm still remembering, I have fond memories from there, but currently is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. Again, I am so thrilled to have partnered with Blessed Be Magic for this episode, and they create minimalist talisman jewelry for witches to remind you of your magic. And they just came out with a new line that I'm very excited about. It is a charm birthstone collection. And actually, I ordered the July birthstone, as you know, my birthday's in July, the ruby and the collection Um have birthstones. So I'm going to be receiving that probably today because they sent it out two days. And as soon as they send a package, it it comes in the mail two days later. But they also launched a Zodiac collection and an animal collection. And they're all charms that you can add to the jewelry and add to the necklaces, which I think is just so magical. Um, And right now, if you use code COZYWITCH15, you get 15% off all full price talisman jewelry at blessed be magic with a K dot com. That's blessed be magic with a K dot com. And again, if you want 15% off your order, just use the code cozy, which 15. They also have a free witches daily planner that you can download and a quiz that you can take to just point you in your witchy direction. So check out blessed be magic. All right, so into the main segment about a topic that is long overdue and that many of you have wanted me to speak about for a while. And I think it wasn't that I hesitated. I just know this is a huge topic that could probably be spread across multiple episodes. But you know, I like to give you information in concise to the point snippets that you can use. But I feel like this is a topic that I'll want to elaborate on at some point because I could have an episode about who are our guides, what they do, and another episode about how we can connect with them and and see their signs. But I'm going to attempt to put it all in um, one episode. First, I want to say that 
how I define spirit guides may be different than how others define spirit guides. Everyone's definition can be a little bit different depending on practice, path, experience with guides. I today am going to speak from my experience and from what I have read and seen and heard and meditations I have done over the years. But just know that I am not the authority figure on spirit guides. There are people out there who whose sole job and purpose is to connect people with spirit guides and to, to talk about spirit guides. That is not me. My podcast is about my practice, so this is how I see spirit guides. Many see spirit guides as the entities that we choose or that are assigned to us before birth to aid in our spiritual growth and spiritual transformation, and that they have been with us for all time, in all of our lives even. Um I I I want to add to that because yeah, I believe spirit guides are there for our spiritual growth, for our transformation, but they're also here to assist us and be with us and protect us in our everyday in the tangible everyday mundane things that we do on this human earth. And Although, yes, I do believe some guides have been with us and are with me all of my lives. There are guides that I feel pop in and out of our lives when we need them at times of need um, that we might only work with or see once or maybe never see at all. Maybe a guide that pops in unknown to us to assist us in some way and then leaves. So I believe, again, spirit guides, yes, they're here to aid in our spiritual growth, but they also are here to help us in the everyday goings on of life, in the mundane events of life as well. And again, that's how I feel. Not everybody has that perspective toward guides. Um, so I want to talk a bit about types of guides that that people may encounter or that may be with us. I don't even want to say encounter because I think there are so many guides that we will never know are with us unless that is what you you focus on and what you do is identify guides. But there are so many guides. And I have been told by uh, many other practitioners that I have a lot of guides around me and I can't identify every single one. So your guides can can be in many forms, and I really think, and again, this is an opinion of mine, that your guides, when you see them or can interact with them, they take the shape of something or someone that you understand. So my guide, my guides look a certain way because that's the only way I can see or understand them. But to someone else, let's say a reader, my guides might not look like what I think they look like. I think guides come to us in a form in which we understand them or we can recognize them. So some types of guides that that you may, I, I'm going to use the word encounter, but when I say encounter, I don't mean you're interacting with them, um, but guides that may be surrounding you that you may not even know. So there are angels, there are archangel guides, um, guardian angels that can surround people. There are animal guides. I have an animal guide. I'm not going to discuss in a lot of detail um, that animal guide because this is a guide who I have found has been with me for (laughs) thousands of years Um, And so I do not speak his name. I do not speak about what animal he is. Um, One person has identified the animal just from speaking with me, another uh, witch witch friend, Um, but I have never told them (laughs) who that that person is, but they just know. Um, But this guide has been with me for so long. So they can come in the shape of animals as well, animals that you recognize, you understand that you might have a special connection with. And no, 
it is not a fox because I know that's what all of you are thinking, that it's a fox. It is not a fox. There goes Reese in the background barking. Oh, everybody, by the way, Reese is feeling better. She is not quite back to her normal self, but she is feeling better. So this is just an interjection to say thank you all for sending so many healing thoughts. Um, She is feeling better. We did find out too, though, that she has Lyme's disease on top of what she is going through with her infection. So we, you know, we're uh, enjoying a lot of cuddles. (laughs) So let me go back to, and of course she barked when I was talking about animals. Of course you did, Reese. So animal guides, uh, yes, guides can come in the form of animals. They can come, yes, in the form of ancestors. And this one can be a little bit controversial because there are some people or many, many people will say that your ancestors are not guides. Like when they come to you, they're not, they're not guides. They're just there. And I do have to say my Grammy, and if you've read, if you read my book, especially chapter three of my book about kitchen witchcraft, um, you know about my Grammy, but my Grammy, I thought was my guide for the longest time. I thought Grammy was my guide until she came to me in a dream and told me straight out, Jenny, stop talking to me like I'm a guide. I'm on your guide team. I'm not. I am just your grandmother and I'm looking out for you. I'm here to protect you. I'm just here with you all the time to give you comfort. (laughs) So she had a very direct conversation with me in my dream telling me, knock it off, Jenny. I am not your guide. Don't address me as your guide anymore. So I don't. Okay, Grammy, I'm not going to do that anymore. (laughs) Um, But yes, I do believe, however, that there can be ancestors that serve as guides that are on a guide team. Um, I believe too that deities can be on our team, whether they pop in to work with us for a little while or whether that, that deity is with us throughout our entire life or lives. And there are, there for me personally, deities have popped in to work with me to, to guide me throughout my life here and there. Um, I don't work with any, no, I I don't want to say that. There is a a deity that I do work with more exclusively, but I wouldn't call them on my spirit team. It's just one that I've chosen to work with. They are my team, don't don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't call them one of my guides. For whatever reason, I just wouldn't do that. Um, There are also elementals or members of the fae that can be on your team. I was told many times that I am surrounded, surrounded by Faye and that there are a number who are on my team, who are on that spirit team and guide me through my life. So, and then there, then guides can come to you in unidentified forms as well, um, as voices, as movements, as symbols, um, they can come to you, as I said, in unidentified form. And I know that that can be kind of confusing, um, but it is a a feeling, a feeling you might get. So again, um, those are different forms that guides can take. There are more, there are definitely more, but just know that they are here for you to help you in aspects of your life, to teach, to teach you things. Some are here to warn you of things. Some are here to support you and comfort you. Some serve as reminders and revealers of things that we need to learn about ourselves in order to grow, in order to move on. And they're a team that can be called on whenever you need them. I personally, you know, feel like these guides, if you if you need them, you can send a quick message, a quick prayer to them and ask them for assistance. And they are there. That is what they are here to do. They are here for the sole purpose of helping you grow and helping you throughout the mundanities of life as well. Some people, you know, there are a lot of people who think that we only have one guide. I am not part of that group. I feel that we have many, many guides. Yes, I feel that there there is uh, categories. You have major guides, so guides that 
are with us throughout our life and our lives to help us learn those major life lessons and move on in life. And then I do feel that there are the minor guides that help us with daily concerns that are temporary in nature, that help us with things that we struggle with that come and then go. So I think that's a good a good start. I want to talk about I want to talk about connecting with guides um, because and again I'm sorry sorry for stumbling there for a second I'm trying to think which direction I want to go with this I want to talk about my personal experiences without getting too detailed because really my relationships with my guides are very sacred and. I, when I see people sharing a lot of information about their guides, especially on social media, it does, it makes me question things sometimes because I know my guides don't want their information shared to the world. And here I am doing a podcast about it, but I checked in with my guides. They want me to talk about this because they want others to know about my experiences with them and they want me to talk about it with discernment and in a way that I am not giving up a lot of information about who they are and who they are to me. So I'm going to tell you that it took me a while to connect with my guides and I really don't believe that you can sit down and after one meditation session say, oh, Yep, my guides came to me. I know who they are and know everything about them. It does not work that way. In my experience and people I have talked to um, and friends of mine, that is not the way that it it works. <laughs> um, so if you are a newer practitioner or you're new to the whole spirit team, spirit guide thing, I want to just warn you. If you are trying to connect in the first two, three, four, even 20 times you can't connect with a guide, it doesn't mean they are not there. It just takes that much time. And I will tell you, I had known there were present, I had known about the presence of my guides for years, for years and years, but I had never really wanted to know exactly who or what they were. I'm going to be completely honest, that was never something that I was interested in until probably eight, seven, yeah, seven, eight years ago. And then that's when I really started trying to connect on a more personal level. I knew they were there. I would see their signs. Clearly they were there, but I didn't know who they were. And I didn't really, not that I didn't care. I just didn't care in that moment. But about seven, eight years ago, I wanted to get in touch. I wanted to know who they were. It was important to me to be able to identify some of the guides, if not the major guides, on my team. And so I started, like I tell you all to start things, (laughs) by grounding and through meditation. And I started with guided meditations. Again, Insight Timer, I'll talk about it again, I'm sure later this episode. Insight Timer is amazing because they do have spirit guide meditations. So I remember it took over, and I'm not kidding, it took over 16 months, not 16 hours, 16 meditation sessions, you know, I meditate every day. 16 months, so almost a year and a half, to connect to my major guide. And when I say major guide, this is the guide that comes in the form of an animal. I have also seen him in human form, um, but mostly he comes to me in the form of an animal. It took me 16 months to connect with him. Um, to know the form that he wanted to present himself as. He presented himself as this animal. It took another, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, it took another (laughs) four years for me to see him in a different form that we were not even comfortable with each other, but that he decided to present himself in a different form. And I didn't know until three years ago what his name was, what he wanted to be called. Not that what he wanted to be called, what his name was, because I could call him what I wanted. He would respond to whatever. Um, But he did not reveal to me his name until three, three and a half years ago. So when I say 
be patient, be prepared. It's going to take some time. Stick with it. I really mean that. So it took me that long to fully know this guide. And I'm still really getting to know him. And he has been with me. He has told me he has been with me for centuries and centuries and centuries. He has seen me in other forms. And I will tell you this, and I could do another episode about this. When we talk about past lives and past life regressions, he has revealed to me my past lives more than anyone else has ever been able to reveal that to me. So I go to this guide to to reveal those things to me because he's been with me for so long. I also have met guides in the form of, say, through meditation. I have met guides in human form. I have not met during during experiences um, any of my angels, but I know that they're, they're there protecting me. So, you know, that I just wanted to give that little anecdote, that story about meeting my major guide and how long that took. Do we need to be able to identify our guides? Absolutely not. It, it wasn't until, like I said, eight years ago until I, I identified a guide. I knew they were there. Um, you don't have to know all of the guides that are on your team because they are here for you no matter what. Whether you talk to them or not, they are still going to be there for you. They are your team for life. Um, And then the ones, of course, that pop in and out, the minor guides that are going to pop in and out. But I think this is a good segue into, but there are ways that you, you can kind of call on them. And I'm going to talk about that after a short break because I have to take my son to school. All right, so I'm back from taking my son to school, even though you, I probably wouldn't have to announce that because it would just transition right into the next segment when I hit record again. But oh well, you you get a glimpse into my every single day. So I want to talk about ways that you can connect with your guides. And first, I want to start by saying these are going to be ways that you can ask to connect with them or connect with them or ask them to help you, you know, guide you in some way. If you want to know who they are, however, that takes a lot more work and a different type of work. And that's what I spoke to a little bit earlier when I said it took 16 months to find out who a guide was and to then years to know them, to know him by name. And that was through guided meditation. That was through quieting my mind and um, listening. And I really love, I know I've talked about it many times on here, Insight Timer. I mentioned it earlier. Insight Timer. It is a free app with hundreds of meditations and guided meditations. And if you subscribe, there is a subscription uh, offer that you can, I think it's $60 a year, you get more in-depth meditations and you can do classes and meditative coursework. Um, And there's energy working in there as well. I really like that. But I think that a guided meditation is a good way to go. And you know what, now that I'm saying this, Maybe I will record a guided meditation. Maybe I'll pop that into Patreon. That would be a fun little little surprise. A surprise to subscribers that might be coming up. And this is a good month for that. But so again, wanting to meet them is different than simply asking them to assist you. Um, It takes, I think, more time, more effort. And again, this is just my experience. This is my opinion. (laughs) There could be some people out there and wow, that's amazing, who can connect right away, who know immediately who their guides are. That just wasn't me. It took me a lot longer. And I know a lot of people that it took quite some time to do that. So ways, ways that you can connect. Here are some ways that you can connect and uh, to your guides. First, I want to say most divination methods are ways that you can connect with your spirit team. They are here with you to help you um, when you, let's say, scry or you pull cards or you're um, pulling runes or working with the Celtic Oum. You are 
innately working with your spirit guides because they are, they're helping guide you in that process. So you can call to them and connect with them through divination methods. And what I do every day, as I've talked about this before, part of my morning ritual, I thank my guides for being with me. I call them to be with me. My guides for my highest good. I ask my spirit guides of my highest good to be with me for the day. And then I ask them to reveal to me or show me the message that they want me to see for the day. And then I'll pull a card or pull a rune or whatever act of divination that you have. So again, one way is to work with divination. If you want to get to know them a little bit, get working with them, um, getting them to know you, I would say pull a daily card because that act of doing that, you are interacting with your team. (laughs) Whether you realize that or not, that's who you're interacting with when you are doing forms of divination. Another, Another way to connect and try to work with them is through dream work. So just before you go to bed, you can set an intention to either see them, to speak with a guide, to meet with them. Again, if you're asking to see them and talk with them, you might not see them right away. However, over time, you may, or even in your sleep, if you are simply connecting to them and asking them to just show you, to show you good dreams, maybe you've had some nightmares lately, things haven't been going well in your dream work, um, ask them to be there with you to help calm your mind for bed. And then what I would do, you know, any dream that you have, especially if you have set an intention to meet or speak or see your guides, when you wake up, note anything that you saw, any patterns that emerged, um, and so forth. So another way that you can work with them is through bibliomancy. And if you are not familiar with that, that is the practice of finding spiritual and life insight by simply opening a book and intuitively choosing a random place. And your this helps connect with your guides because again, this is another form of divination. So pull a book from your library. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a witchy book or not. Close your eyes, ask to be drawn to um, a, speci- a specific page or ask to be drawn to a page. Um, and then just let your, let your guides guide you, let your feelings guide you flip through the book. And whenever you're called to stop, stop, read what's in front of you. And that could be a nice little message. Um, another, another way again is through that meditation and guided meditation and visualization. And then that is if you want to see and meet and speak with them, I think that and dream work, those are ways that we can meet our guides. Our guides work with us, yes, through divination, through pulling our cards, through the runes, through scrying. But if you really want to see them and speak with them, start that dream work. Start that guided meditation. That is, I, I really feel, as you know, guided meditation is the best way. And uh, and I and it grounds you. Meditation grounds you to begin with, and that is the basis for any magical working. Um, when especially connecting to your guides, it is doing some sort of meditation, quieting your mind a little bit, grounding yourself, asking to hear the name or see the face of one of your guides or multiple guides. Um, that is a really great way to do so. I really hope that this is, I hope this is helpful. (laughs) Another way is to seek out others for help. And this is if you you really want to know who these guides are and what they can do for you. Um, Other than just relying on yourself to do that, which is fine through meditation, guided meditation, dream work, trance work even. Ask others. Speak to a, a psychic. Speak to if you you want to even connect with uh, past past loved ones or people those who have passed, go go see a medium, 
someone that is reputable, someone that you have referrals from, I would say, but go to outside sources to help you. If this is something that you really want, you want to know who your guides are, you want to see them, you want to hear them, you want to know specifically what their messages are, then then go to these people. Now I'm looking, Some there is a man with a truck. He's in our yard. He's in my yard. See, this is what you get. This is what you get whenever you talk, whenever you um, listen to my podcast. I'm not sure what he's doing. He's marking something. Land surveyors. What are they surveying in my yard? This is bizarre. This is bizarre. Okay. So I'm going to continue because this is already proving to be a long episode and, <laughs> and I don't want it to go on forever. So now Let's talk about signs that your guides either want to work with you or that they're trying to tell you something. And I know you you probably have heard many of these signs, but I think it'll be nice to give a little reiteration, a refresh, and this might be new information to many of you. There are really a number of signs that can tell you that your guides want to work with you and that you're your spirit team wants to work with you or just signs that they are there and they're doing something for you. Um, these signs can also be in the form of warnings. So I just want to talk about some common signs that you you may see to know that your guides want to work with you. The first thing is if you can't stop thinking about your guides if for whatever reason, even today, you're scrolling through your podcast platform deciding, oh, what podcast do I want to listen to? And you stumble upon this episode and something just lights up within you. Like, this is the episode I've been needing to hear. It's all about spirit guides. That is a sign. I'm trying to get Reese out of my my office just for a minute so I can record this because those guys are still outside and she's barking at them. Okay, sorry about that. So if you... Again, if you can't stop thinking about your guides, like I, I want to work with them, I want to know them, that is a sign from them. Okay, let's start. Start getting to know us. Start working with us. Start p- pulling your daily card, maybe, just to connect on a daily basis. Another big sign is synchronicity and synchronicities. When you see numbers pop up over and over again, or names are coming to you over and over, or you see the same animal appear in front of you over and over, or if you're talking to a friend and you're talking about foxes, and then you listen to my podcast where I always talk about foxes, and then you're driving down the road and a fox runs in front of your car or um, the lane next to you, but you never see foxes out in the wild, that's another sign that they want to work with you and that there may be a meaning in that particular animal. So think about synchronicities you have. A lot of synchronicities that we commonly will see when our guides are trying to communicate with us, not necessarily work with us, but communicate some sort of message are repetitive numbers. And I know, I'm sure many of you have heard of you know, angel numbers, repetitive numbers, uh, the repeating of 111 or 1111 is this manifestation combo. Um, Your guides are here. The universe is coming together. They want to work with you to make your your dreams come true, really. Um, Twos, if you see repeating twos, they're trying to tell you, keep going. Don't give up. They're working. You know, your guides are working behind the scenes for you. Good things are coming your way. Threes, if you see a lot of three patterns. It's it's saying again that we're near. We're near you. We want to work for you. Fours. Four is the number of protection. And I have to say, I have been seeing fours nonstop and particularly 444. In the morning, I'll wake up for whatever reason. In the evening, 444. In fact, I have screenshot over the last probably two months. I have so many screenshots of 444 being either on my phone or appear somewhere else, or I'll take pictures of it if I see it somewhere. But this is just saying your guides are with you. They're in your home. You are safe. You're secure. You're protected. 
because your guides are near and they're guiding you. Fives, fives are all about, you know, some change might be coming. So look out for that. We are here to help you with that. Sixes might mean that uh, you're a little bit out of balance in some area, but that your guides want to help you get back in balance. So spend a few minutes um, sitting down, connecting with them, pull a card, ask them for help, especially getting grounded so you can find like the proper uh, path. Sevens. Oh, I love my seven. Sevens. Well, seven's my favorite number, but it's a power number, luck, fortune, success, positive sign from your guides. Eights are showing signs of progress. Nines are all about completion. If you're seeing a lot of zeros, again, it's just a reminder that that your guides are with you. So the synchronicities, the repetition in numbers, if you see names that are coming up over and over again, this might also be a nudge from your guides, especially if you're seeing the same name over and it's a person you know and maybe haven't talked to in a while, maybe reach out to them. It's a sign from your guide that that maybe they, they need you for some reason. Another sign that your guides are near are, and I, you know, maybe some people might not think this because it can be explained in the physical world, but that chills. My mom, I, you know, as a kid, we'd always get chills. My mom would say, oh, someone's walking over your gravestone. Someone's walking over your gravesite. Um, but those, that chill feeling when you're going about your day as usual, but you get a sudden, a sudden chill on your neck or, you know, moving through your whole body. Next time that happens, I want you to stop. What were you doing in the moment you got those chills? What were you thinking about? What were you, when you were watching something on television or listening to a podcast, what, rewind it then. What did you just watch? Note when those chills occurred because there could be a message there from your guides that trying to get across to you. Another sign from your guides, and I know many of you have heard this before, but are feathers. So when you're finding feathers out on a walk, especially in areas that you typically wouldn't run into feathers, um, when you find a feather, oftentimes that is telling you that your guides are with you and they're trying to communicate something to you. White, a white feather is all about calm and peace and healing and calm is come is is coming or maybe you need to calm yourself a little bit, but that's that's just about peacefulness and that your guides are with you. Black feathers are telling you that you're protected. The black feather often is associated with some sort of warning as well. So warning or a loss, trying if you have just had a loss um, from someone that you love or a beloved animal, a black feather is a reminder that your guides are with you to help you get through that time. Gray feathers um, can sometimes indicate, you know, something is coming, but it can also just be neutral. Just say, hey, we're here, we're present, we're just throwing this feather in front of you to remind you that we're here. And then when it comes to uh, brightly colored feathers, let's say blue and green and red, I always like to associate those with the various parts of your body that correlate to those colors when we're thinking of chakras. So a blue feather could be a message from your guides. Hey, speak up. You need to communicate about something. If there's something on your mind, now's the time to speak up. A brown feather Maybe you need to spend more time with your family, you know, brown, brown candles, brown feathers, color of hearth, hearth and home, and even, you know, time to get grounded a little bit. Um, a green, a green feather might indicate that, you know, there's something to work on with love and compassion in your heart. You know, maybe there's some healing that needs to be done as well. If you find an orange feather for whatever reason, I know some of these are difficult, would be difficult to find, but that could be all about creativity is on its way. But all of those are signs, yellow happiness, of course, all of these are signs from your, your guides. Now, I'm, I, I hate to say all of these because sometimes, unfortunately, if you have, you're finding 30 feathers and then you look in the road and unfortunately, you know, an animal has been hit or a bird, you know, has been hit by a car that has a different explanation. But when you are especially seeing the synchronicity in feathers, the same color feather over and over, or a feather that is way out of place, that could be another sign. 
Another sign could be um, what you find in dreams. If you're dreaming more than usual, not about anything in particular, but if you're dreaming more than usual, that could indicate that, that your guides are communicating with you or they're there with you. If you have been really drawn to divination lately, like I said earlier, you know, drawn to thinking about guides or spirit guides, but also if you're drawn to divination and you want to learn more and you are just, you can't learn enough about divination methods, this could be a sign from your guides because this is a way that you can contact them. This is a way that you can work with them. So go with it. Go pick up a deck of cards. Go grab that rune set. Get a scrying mirror, whatever it is. Do some bibliomancy. Do some tassiomancy, some card, or some tea leaf reading or coffee grounds reading, you know, try that out. Um, maybe that's another sign from your guides. Also, now this has to do with, with spirit energy in general, especially those who have passed. But if there is any anything you're noticing with electricity, you know, the lights going on and off. If the ball, if the ball, of course, if the bulb is about to burn out, that's one thing. But if there are lights going on and off, or you hear chimes going off in your house that shouldn't be, for example, yesterday, my front door opened and the chime went off the ding, 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 the alarm system went off. And I have no idea how the door opened, which I can talk about that on the next episode, because my next episode, I want to talk about the veil feeling very thin this year. (laughs) And Samhain. But that could be a sign, lights or the TV flickering for an odd reason. Take note of what you're watching or sound cutting out off the radio or off of the podcast while you're listening that's unusual, that doesn't happen. You know, what what were you listening to in that moment? What were you watching in that moment? That could be another sign from your guides. So again, this episode is going to be so long. My episodes have been really long lately (laughs) and I hope you're okay with that. But there is just so much to cover when we think about our spirit team and our guides because there are so many ways to connect. There are many ways they're trying to connect with us. There are many different types. And again, this episode is just me talking about my personal experience and what I have seen and heard and experienced and read over the years. But again, I am not an expert. This is just me, one person's Uh, experience with with her spirit guides. But I do hope it's helpful. I'd love to hear if any of these resonate with you. If you have seen any of these signs, please let me know. Please let me know. So I'm going to get into the final portion of the podcast, which is our card pool. So I'm going to go into the final portion of the podcast. This is the second time I'm doing it. And I'm I'm kind of upset because I was finishing. I had just finished this segment when someone called me. It wasn't just anyone. It was a spam call that cut off my recording. And that's fine. Usually I can get back to it. But for whatever reason, my app froze. So I had to close the app. And I lost this entire last segment I'm not going to recreate it, you know, because that just is not good. I'm just going to tell you about the card that I drew and it it's just so perfect. Um I so I'm using the Seasons of the Witch, the Samhain Oracle deck, which I think many of you are familiar with. And I just really love this deck by Lorraine Anderson and Juliet Diaz. It's so great. But anyway, I went to shuffle it And the top card had a fingerprint, obviously my fingerprint, but I don't think it came from now. It came from some other point. So instead of shuffling the deck, I just pulled the first card and I flipped it over. And the card, believe it or not, of course, they always are so perfect, was divination. So this card depicts, it is a woman. She is seated in front of a table and she has many divination implements in front of her. She is holding onto a crystal ball for scrying. She has crystals on her table. She has candles for candle scrying. There are, there's a deck of cards and I see five cards turned in front of her. She is seated in front of a full moon and there are silhouettes of herbs hanging around her from, for flower and herb divination. 
So this card is all about divination. And it really is the perfect card because we were talking about divination many times in this episode and it being an excellent way that you can connect with your guide. So I'm going to read again a little bit about this card for you. So the key words here are guidance, reflection, insight. Take a breath, take it twice. Insightful reflections are guided by light. So cards, tea leaves, coffee, clouds, candlelight, flowers, there are dozens of ways to embrace the art of divination, a practice used to seek guidance from the divine and part of a witch's toolkit for centuries. It is a beautiful practice that can help you see beyond what is immediately in front of you. It can show you hidden dangers and gifts. It can provide new ideas and it can shut down old ones. Divination is a way to seek the advice and guidance of the powers that be while also showing hidden dangers and truths. If you have pulled this card, divination, which we have, (laughs) you are being guided and asked to explore your ability to receive guidance from the earth and from the divine and, of course, from your spirit guides and your spirit team. Now it's time to go deeper into your practice and you must learn to trust your own ability to feel your way into messages as well as your ability to interpret them. So really, you know, trusting, trusting what your guides have to say and trusting that you have the intuition to interpret them the way that you should. This card also means there is a need to take more time to reflect. It can be easy to get lost in the day to day without taking time to process everything you've been through. Something as simple as pulling a single card every day, either in the morning or evening, can help you make better decisions and make sense of events around you. It can help you see things that you overlooked or consider something that you would never have otherwise. So what a beautiful message. What a great card. So I urge you, you know, many of you out there do a form of divination every day. You have written and told me about this. You have your morning or your afternoon, your evening rituals, you pull cards, you connect with your guides on a daily basis. But maybe this card is urging you to step out your of your comfort zone a little bit. If you pull your cards every morning, maybe try some tassiomancy, read some tea leaves, read some coffee grounds, or maybe try some oum or try some rune pooling. Or maybe this is simply urging you to research a new form of divination that you haven't looked into. And what better time to practice divination than now when the veil is thinning and the veil between realms and worlds is thinning and messages can come through so much easier. Other forms of divination you can try are automatic writing, and I urge you to look up some of these things. Automatic writing, there's bone reading, candle scrying and gazing, dream interpretation, flower and herb divination. Of course, there is always numerology you could look into and work with. I don't do a lot with numerology if I'm going to be entirely honest, but I would like to do more. Palmistry, that's always so much fun. Reviewing the shapes, lines, fingers of the hands to determine, you know, um, some divination. Runes, scrying, many ways of scrying. So I urge you to work on divination and work on connecting with your guides through some divination. Before I go today, there are some thank yous that I want to get out there. Many of you have reached out and left comments and reviews for the podcast, and I just want to read some of the new ones that came in. So first, Witchy Missy, your comment are short, sweet, to the point, best podcast. I love all her content. Thank you, Witchy Missy. That makes me feel so good. Murky MK, you stumbled upon the podcast today and you're asking, how am I just finding out about your podcast? I don't know. I've been around for a couple of years, but I'm better late than never, right? You're also a Pennsylvania witch. Um, so where are you? I would love to know where you are in Pennsylvania. Kiroro99, 
you have been avoiding learning um, some of these things and you think this is wonderful bite-sized chunks that are engaging. I'm so glad that's exactly what I want people to get out of the podcast. Geo Love 4, your daughter suggested this podcast to you. I am so glad to, to listen to over your lunch break and your job is stressful and this has been so nice for you. So I am glad that this has resonated with you. Flaming Osis 51, you are what you might call yourself, uh, call yourself a baby witch. I like to call yourself a beginner practitioner, an emerging witch. I like those words better. And you never know where to start with learning. And you're so happy that you found the podcast. I'm happy you found it too. Java Jane. Hi, Java Jane. Thank you for listening. Um, you like how I incorporate witchiness into my everyday. Yes, I have to because I have so many goings on in the everyday mundane goings on that I have to integrate magic into those little things because I don't have time to just sit down and do a whole bunch of magic. Not many people do. And I'm glad it's like sitting with your best friend over a cup of tea. That's what I want out of this. I love it. Let's see. One, it says one not happy person. I'm sorry that you're one not happy person. I love that you are loving the podcast, though. It's feeding your soul. Hopefully this is making you happy and gives you some happiness in your life. But thank you for your kind words. A person, 5557. You never actually thought you could find a podcast that would make you feel cozy inside. That is the biggest compliment. That's exactly what I want you to get out of this. So thank you for those words. Owl's Moon, you're listening to the podcast while at work and you find it soothing. Thank you so much. And The Garden Fairy, you recently discovered this and it has brought you closer to your craft. This this is what I love hearing. I love hearing all of these things. So again, Thank you so much for your kind words. And I think there probably are more, but I can't see them right now. But a way that you can support the podcast is to rate, review, follow it. You can support me through patreon.com slash comfy cozy witch. Also check out my fit witch challenge and just, you know, tune into the podcast in general and let me know about your thoughts. So thank you everyone for joining me again. I'm going to remind you my next episode is going to come out right before Samhain and I want those veil lifting stories. I want those ghost stories. Send them to me at comfycozywitch at gmail.com. And until next time, everybody, stay comfy, cozy, and witchy. (music) 